What does personal branding have to do with faith? A lot, my friend. See, God has put awesome qualities and skills in the one and only you, and you have the responsibility to shine them bright in the world. Personal branding may seem a little scary or a little self-focused to some, but I promise you, personal branding is a positive way to make sure Satan doesn't blow out that little light of yours or hide it under a bush. Personal branding is your chance to say, hey, here's what God has done in me, for me, and through me. I had a fabulous conversation with the one and only Kate DeLeo about how to start and flourish on your personal branding journey. Kate is an expert and dear friend of mine who has over a decade of experience helping individuals and brands set themselves apart and impact the world. Now here's your chance to shine your light bright. So settle in and let's get started. Welcome to the Faith Inspired Podcast by Faith and Gather. I'm your host, Erica Dvorak. Join me and the Faith and Gather community as we become faith inspired to tackle every area of life. Career, faith, motherhood, loss, fitness, fashion, health, and more. Girl, we're going to meet you right where you're at, right where you need it. Keeping you one step ahead of the devil, armed with knowledge to fight your everyday battles and live a life faith-inspired. Come on, girl, let's get it. Hey, 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 thank you for joining me for another episode of the Faith Inspired Podcast. I am super excited for today's episode because it is all about branding and marketing and your, your just your personal branding in general. And if you're thinking, what the heck does faith and personal branding have to do with one another? It really does because God has given you some amazing skills and talents. And if you don't do anything with them and you don't promote them out in the world, then you're just not doing what you need to be doing and what he's called you to do. So I am excited to be talking about this today, and I have the one and only Kate DeLeo with me today, and I am so excited to have her on because she has over a decade of experience, calls herself the accidental brand strategist, and so she just has you know over 10 years of experience of like helping companies and helping individuals with their branding and their marketing, and then I'm also super pumped to have her on because Kate is actually a dear friend of mine. We've known each other for, oh my gosh, I don't know how long, but since back in college. And so it's just so fun to have a friend on today and chatting about something that I am super passionate about, marketing and branding. So Kate, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Erica. I'm honored to be here. This is going to be a fun conversation this morning. Yes. Super, super fun. So Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. So I mentioned that, you know, you have over a decade of experience, but tell them about your personal life and then also um, professionally too. Sure. Well, on the personal front, I'm 35. You and I met in college, which gosh, feels like a, you know, it really is more than a decade ago now, which is just (laughs) crazy. And, you know, I am a mom. I'm a mom of a beautiful six-year-old daughter. I love running around with her. I'm an avid traveler and avid outdoor enthusiast. I love hiking and biking and being outside. I'm definitely one of those people in the summer that if it's sunny, 
I'm outside, I'm by the pool, I'm by the lake. I'll soak up all the sun I can get, especially in Minnesota when we only get so many months of beautiful weather. Professionally, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned I call myself the accidental brand strategist. Well, my story really began because in college, I had actually been planning to pursue a PhD in cultural anthropology. And so really had a focus and a heart for working in the area of ethnography, which is is storytelling of a very different kind. And at the time when I graduated college, the market was crashing. And I had a professor that said to me, you know, hey, we really don't know where the field of anthropology is going to be. There are not a lot of spots in the world of academia for (laughs) anthropologists. I highly recommend you leave academia and maybe go get a job and go pay off your school debt. And if you really want to do this, come back in five, 10 years. And so took his advice, left academia and wound up in the beginning of my career doing sales. And it was actually in my sales career where I recognized that I had a gift and a talent for this thing called branding. Because at the time, what was happening was I was put in charge of cold calling people to sell them training. Well, that is a very hard thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I had looked at all of the marketing email campaigns and I'd seen all the sales scripts and nothing worked. It wasn't because marketing and sales, they weren't doing their job. It was just not working as I was reaching out to folks. And so I had to come up with a different way to connect with people. And so really, I created a a philosophy and an approach of how I could, in 15 seconds or less, get to the bottom of telling somebody, hey, this is what I do. This is how I solve your problem. And this is how I'm different from the competition. And, And that was the beginning for me because I realized what I was doing was delivering a very succinct but powerful brand pitch that got that prospect to want to have a conversation with me. So shortly thereafter, I got recruited out to work in the agency world and build brands. And then I moved into corporate America. And so for over 10 years, while I was in both the agency world and in corporate, I was really like many of us that are older millennials. I was I was a professional side hustler. So this was a side gig for me. I was building brands on the side, raising my kids and building my career in corporate. But Finally, about two years ago, I made the jump to make this my official hustle. I just felt that God was calling me to really step into this fully. And so, you know, to date, I've actually built over 280 brands. And that's been with not only organizations ranging from, you know, small size or startup to enterprise level companies, but also branding individuals, doing personal brands for people who are stepping out into their careers, maybe they're transitioning, C-suite leaders, et cetera. So this is really like my life's work, and um, I'm excited to be here to talk a little bit about how branding does play into how we step into our calling. Wow. Girl, that is fabulous. Honestly, just so fun and exciting to see that from my end, personally, just how you've taken this career and made it flourish. It's fantastic. And 280 brands in two years. That's amazing. Amazing. Well, I have to say the 200, the 280 brands has been over 10 years in the last. Okay. Okay. I was like, in the last two years, I have done over 110. So I definitely have done a lot of work. Uh, yes. <laughs> wow. Wow. So she knows her stuff, ladies. She knows her stuff. So let's tune in here. I love what you did at that start of that sales role and figuring out how to make it work for you. And you mentioned you had a succinct brand pitch and branding can be scary for those who are really not marketing minded. You know, a lot of people think that branding is really when they think of brands, they think of like a physical product or services, which is right that that is branding, but it can also apply to their personal brand. 
Um, you know, it really is like just trying to get your message out there to resonate with a particular audience. So how do you specifically define brand branding yourself and with your clients? And then what are some examples of personal branding that people may not think about? Brand is the promise of who you say you are. So so differently, whether you are a leader in your company, you are a solo entrepreneur, you run a huge organization, wherever you're at, you could be a stay-at-home mom. Your brand is really the promise of saying, this is the value that I offer. This is the experience that I know you can have when you interact with me and my products or services. So essentially, brand is all about promise. What promise do you put forth? And if we think about ourselves as buyers, let's start there. We intrinsically understand this concept because we buy from brands that resonate with us, right? We buy from brands and companies who seem to resonate with our values, our quality of life, the maybe the aspirations of how we hope to be and live, etc. When you think about yourself, your personal brand, it's actually the same thing. Think about who you say you are as a leader. I work with a lot of transitioning leaders or leaders who are looking to get to that next level in their career. Your personal brand is important. Think about your LinkedIn profile. Think about your resume. What are you saying to the world about how you show up and what you can offer an organization? What's the promise you stand on? And I think it really alludes to recognizing what is God's promise in who you are? If you really take a step back and think about this, your brand stems from a deep understanding of who you are in Christ, first and foremost, and having the boldness and the confidence to really own that. And that can feel very scary because I think many of us have an imposter syndrome. I know that I want to do X, Y, and Z. I hope I can do X, Y, and Z someday, but I'm just a mom. I'm just a button pusher at a job. I'm just a administrative assistant. I think we have to really ask ourselves, is that truth? Is that really the truth of the promise that you have for your life? Mm, that's so good. You and I both know that branding is all about the story. Right. And the message that you craft and what you had said, it starts from like, what is that promise? What is that promise? Like, how do you show up? So how does someone really start thinking about that, you know, going into like the nitty gritty, that tangible of like actually how to start this um, understanding of their promise and then their messaging? What are the key areas that they need to think about? I think the idea of writing your story is very daunting. You know, we hear this word storytelling all the time, don't we? We hear about Donald Miller's story brand. And by the way, he's brilliant. Donald Miller talks about having the customer be at the center of your story, making them the hero. It's a brilliant concept, and it's certainly true. But I think when we hear storytelling, we have this preconceived notion in our brains that somehow we have to come up with this very complex, very convoluted, very sophisticated story that's 15 pages long about how we got where we are, and we have to somehow memorize it, and da 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 da, da. So I just want to stop us there, because that's not what brand is about. Great brands are actually quite simple. Great personal brands are quite simple. And they really hang on three things. There's actually three pieces of a brand for an organization that I, I actually write with clients. And they're the exact same three things that you would write personally. The first thing that you need to have nailed down is a clear statement that says, this is what I do. When you walk into a room and somebody goes, oh, Erica, what do you do? Well, how do you respond to that? 
do you have a quick sentence or a phrase that can completely provoke that person to go, really? What do you mean by that? That's really interesting. Tell me more. Do you have a provocative sentence that says what you do? Now, in the world of branding and messaging for companies, I'll tell you, your tagline for your company actually answers that question. Your tagline says what you do. So that's the first thing. You need to have a tagline for yourself. This is what I do. The second thing that you need is a follow-up sentence for that because somebody's going to go, really, tell me more. That's fascinating. And the follow-up that you're going to say to them or show them is what's called a value proposition statement. Value proposition statement. Now, some of us in the world of business may have heard of this, but essentially, it's a very, very big and fluffy way of saying, here's how I solve your problem. So tagline says, this is what I do. And somebody hears that and they go, really, Kate, tell me more about that. And you give them a follow-up sentence that says, here's the pain that I know that most people are suffering. Here's the pain that I see you, Mr. or Ms. Customer, may be dealing with. And here's how I solve that. So it explains more on what you do. It says, here's the value I bring to the table. Here's how I solve your problem. So again, number one, you have to have a tagline that says what you do. Number two, you have to have a value proposition statement that says, here's how I solve your problem. And then here's the third piece. The third piece that you need to have in your brand pitch, whether you're a business or an individual, is a set of just very short bullets that says one, two, three, four. Here's how I'm different from the rest. Differentiator statements. That's what we call those in the world of branding. But essentially, I want you to think about it this way. You're talking with somebody in the room. You tell them what you do. They go, wow, that's super interesting. What do you mean by that? You say, well, here's how I can solve your problem. Let me explain more. And they go, Interesting. I think I'm grasping the concept. Are you like every other branding person out there, Kate? Or are you like, you know, every other financial advisor that I think I know, or every other housewife that I think I know? And you go, well, I'm a little different. And here, let me explain how. One, two, three, four. You have to have a few key points that says, this is how I'm unique. This is how I'm different from the rest. So those are the three things, Erica, that a brand really consists of. Tell me what you do. Tell me how you solve my problem. Tell me how you're different from the rest. That's it. Love it. And super just clean and simple and actionable. As you were saying that, I was thinking about the individuals who this is, when you say these things, you know, that seems like it would be easier to do on a professional level. But as Christians, I think, you know, God has planted in us, you know, a lot of some people are very, very lucky, like you and I, to be able to do what God has put in our heart from like a faith perspective and then also Mm -hmm. from a professional perspective. But there's a lot of women out there who kind of have it separated a little bit. Although, you know, we do try to put faith into our professional careers. It isn't, we, we have an outside passion that we're just not using in our professional careers. So would you combine your professional in your faith together with those, or would you create two separate, you know, two separate statements, two separate value propositions, two separate sets of bullet points, or would you kind of combine it all in one? Where would you go with that? It may depend on the situation. It's a big question. And so here, here's what I want us to think about is I'm Kate, right? And I work in the world of business and marketing. Okay. So when I show up in the world, if you go to my LinkedIn profile, do I necessarily directly talk about God on there? No. Does that certainly come up in the ethics and the way that I run my business and who I interact with and how I treat people? Absolutely. And it's a big part of my story when I talk with them individually. But is it front and center on my website? Do I have a bullet point, my differentiators about being a believer? No. 
I don't. Why not? Well, in my world, what's most important from a differentiation standpoint is actually <laughs> how I run my work. Those are the things that people glean onto first and foremost. And so I, I really had to pair back and go, well, wait a second, what does the client actually care about here? So I think you have to recognize your audience. So depending on who you're talking to, it's a question of what do they care about as well? What is the pain you're solving for them? If I'm talking with a group of women through a faith perspective, I'm not going to so much talk about, hey, the problem that I solve for you is the fact that I can help you increase revenue, which by the way, that is what I do for businesses. Great. But it's more of a problem statement that I solve around, here's how I can help you step into your purpose. Now, see, the work that I do is still the same. It's branding. But do you see that there's a slightly different message there, depending mm -hmm. on who I'm talking to? It goes back to knowing your audience. So your work is your work. Your value is your value. Your promise is your promise. But you may have to decide, depending on who you're talking to, how you have to slightly adjust it so it really resonates with somebody. It doesn't mean that you have to have two totally separate convoluted pitches. It's, again, getting back to calling out what pain they're dealing with. Hmm. That's good. And so as you're saying that, I'm thinking, you know, craft one, whatever is, because I'm just thinking about like time when they're thinking through how to do this, you know, how I have to create like a few of them, create one that is going to work, you know, for your, for your main purpose. If you are really needing, say you're looking to have a job right now, or you're looking to do a job transition, like really focus on the professional one, but then keep in mind, maybe like on the side, writing those other little points where you do um, expand a little bit more into that faith aspect or outside passion aspect, because I have found that sometimes that will be a differentiator for you, whether you know it or not. I had an experience where actually I got a job through LinkedIn and what differentiated me. And it was just something super simple is I liked, I was a part of a group on LinkedIn that I think it was a Christian organization. And the gentleman who was doing the hiring noticed that. And that's why he pulled me out of the hat of everybody else, because for him, he knew that I had that strong foundation and most likely would have integrity, you know, and all those other characteristics that usually come along with being a Christian in that faith. And so little things that you can think about, you know, like Kate, you don't say it on LinkedIn, but there might be like a group you could join that like just shows up at the bottom and somebody will kind of understand. I mean, I do that all the time. I scroll through people's LinkedIn and then I look at the groups and I'm like, or what they volunteered for. And I'm like, oh, okay, they like sports or they're interested in helping, you know, homeless people or children or whatever it may be. That gives exactly. you an idea of their personality without even, you know, having that be the main point. Exactly. I think you still need to own your faith. So for example, I do actually say God is good or I am blessed. And I talk about that a lot in my posts on LinkedIn. Absolutely. And you can join different groups. You shouldn't hide your faith. That's never what we want to do. But I think it's a recognition as well of understanding your audience. And, and also to be very candid right now, it's a very tumultuous world. And so use discernment, understand as you're out there professionally, look and watch and listen before speaking. That's the number one piece of advice that I have been given by pretty much every mentor, spiritual and non-spiritual. So business coaches and spiritual mentors is look, watch, listen, just look, watch, listen, understand your audience, understand when it's best to be quiet, understand when it's best to stay up and be really bold and call it out. You know, in fact, when I'm in a lot of my meet and greet calls with prospective clients, I do talk about God. 
And I watch their reaction and I see how they respond to that because like attracts like, and I want to do work with great people. That isn't to say I don't do work with non-believers or people who have different faith systems. Of course I do. What I'm looking for though, are people who have a sense of purpose, who have a sense of values and morals and integrity. And it's interesting is the more that I'm open about sharing about my faith, even in the work that I do as I um, connect with people individually in the Zoom room, they really respond to that. They don't go, oh, she's a Christian. How terrible. They're like, really? Tell me more. That's so interesting. It sounds like we're aligned. I like that you have a faith system. It seems like you really care about people, Kate. They're going to glean what they're going to glean from it. And I have a responsibility to show up in the world as, as a Christian of somebody who is accepting and loving and kind and open and curious and wants to know people and meet them where they're at. So certainly know your audience and also know what room is the best room to share it in. Mm-hmm. Cause we don't want to be in your face. And like you said, it's a, a tumultuous time right now, unfortunately for Christians. Um, there's just a lot of stereotypes kind of running around. And if somebody's not open to that, you know, I have just, it goes back to like my, my, even my friends, I have a, a group of friends who just really don't believe. And so I don't bring it up a lot, but I show it in other ways. And so, like you said, reading the room, because even faith aside, you don't want to offend anybody and you want to make sure that whatever message you're bringing is going to be received well, and it's going to resonate well with your audience. So I a hundred percent agree with you in terms of reading the room and really understanding to make that connection and, and, and throw it out there a little bit and see, you know, what comes back and then you'll be able to understand, you know, next steps and how to move forward with that side of messaging on the faith side of messaging. Yes. So once they've gotten their story down, once they've got their messaging, so they absolutely know their clear statement, you know, that one sentence, their tagline, they know their value proposition. They know, you know, like, this is how I solve your problem, or this is what I'm going to do for you. And then they have their bullet points. They have like just that differentiation of like all those statements. And like, this is why I believe this. How do they actually move forward with it? How do they actually create that traction of the personal branding and start showing it and promoting it, whether it's in person or digitally or whatever it may be? Well, you know what? That's the hardest part. You can build the greatest message in the world, but if you don't speak it, nobody's going to know. If your skills and your talents are hidden right now, nobody's going to be able to reap the benefits of of the greatness that you bring into the room and into the world. And so really, I think you have to ask yourself, where am I struggling to show up? Where, Where am I needed? Whether that is gosh, I need to go and get this different job because I'm not satisfied. Or maybe you want to go volunteer somewhere and you're not sure how to get started. I think it comes down to a question of boldness and confidence to say, what am I missing out on? And also what's the world missing out on if I don't show up? What does that do for everybody else if I'm actually not operating in my gifts and my talents? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about everybody else? We think so much about ourselves. I'm not ready I'm just a housewife. I heard that from a friend the other day. I just got this little job at a bakery, Kate. I just, and I'm embarrassed to talk about it. She said, because you're a badass businesswoman, and I'm just over here working part-time at a bakery while I raise my four babies who are under 10. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a second. You're an excellent baker. You're incredibly creative and gifted. You're a full-time mom. I don't know how you do it. You're clearly a saint because my kid goes to school and I have one and holy moly, I don't know how you have four. I think a question is, is we have to take a step back and go, what excuses are we making for not showing up? You can write the greatest message in the world, but the only way that you're going to step into your purpose is if you cut the excuse. 
and you show up and you decide that you're going to speak it forth. So here's the thing. I have clients that write the most beautiful message with me and I push them. I'm like, this needs to get up on your website. It needs to go on LinkedIn. It needs to be updated in your profile, et cetera, et cetera. And they don't do it. And then I call them three to six months later and they're going, my business hasn't changed. Well, that's interesting. Have you, have you used what we did? Well, no. Well, why? <laughs> I'm afraid. Ah, oh, what are you afraid of? Well, maybe it won't be well-received. Hmm. Maybe I'm not as cool as I just said I was in my brand pitch. That's a big one. I don't own it. I don't own how cool I sound. <laughs> so going back to your question, how do you get it out there to the world? Number one, I think you need to practice it. You need to get in front of the mirror, but I think you need to get on your knees. Mm. I think you need to be open to really praying about it and going, give me the confidence to stand up and to speak this. And if it needs to start with your significant other or your family or your friends and practicing it out with them, go and do it. I have a lot of clients that I'm like, go seriously sit down at the dinner table and practice your pitch with people. And it's amazing. They go, oh my gosh, they really liked it. I thought that they were going to hate it and they loved it. I'm like, oh, cool. Can you go do that with a client on the next call? And they go try it with a client. They're like, oh my gosh, it worked, you know? And so sometimes we have to be giving ourselves a little bit of permission here to go try it out with loved ones who understand what we're trying to do before we maybe put it out on our resume or take the big leap and putting it on a website. Go practice with people you know and love, but first and foremost, go practice it with God and see what he says about it. Did you go practice your pitch this morning? And did you go practice your pitch in prayer? Because hmm. if you haven't, that's where you want to start. That's awesome. That's so good. So good. And it is uncomfortable. It's just, it, it takes vulnerability and that's super, super hard, but nothing good comes from when you're not vulnerable. I mean, I have found that with just faith and gather in general. And, you know, I've always wanted faith and gather to be a group of women in a, a community, but when you're starting off, you know, I have to be the face of it. And that's really hard. And I'm a marketer and I'm like an extrovert. So like, this is, this is like my wheelhouse and it's still super, super uncomfortable and vulnerable for me. But I think you have to go back to that, you know, what is your value? And I think that stems from like, what is your why? That I think will get you over the hump and will get you over the fact of like not being confident is like remembering what your why is. Why, why do you feel that? Why do you value that? Why do you feel that way? Why do you want to do this? What is that end result? why and why and why are you doing it? And I think if you just continue to go back to that, that is when you will find the confidence. One, like you said, getting on your knees and then two, remembering the why. I agree. I think the final piece of food for thought too is this, is you may be sitting here going, I don't know my why. Kate, I don't, I don't know my purpose. I'm just running this job because we need medical insurance. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or... Um, <laughs> I don't really like my career, let's be honest. Or I just pushed really hard and I've run up the corporate ladder and I'm exhausted and burned out and I hate my life and I just want to curl up in a ball and cry. I hear that one a lot. Or I've just been at home for 15 years. How am I supposed to get back into the workforce? I hear that one too. Or I've just been running any job anywhere because I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Here's the thing. I want you to go to your best friends, your significant others, the people that know you and love you. And I want you to ask them this question. What's my superpower? What's the thing that like you would call me for in a heartbeat that like I'm just like crazy good at? I want you to actually think about that. What's the thing that people call you for? I get called for wordsmithing, right? So before I knew I was a brand expert, people would just always call me, you have such an amazing way with words. You just, oh my gosh, your ability to edit and write. Ah, oh. 
I remember back in college, people were like, can I copy your notes? You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> so it started and I didn't really make the connection. I want you to think about this. Go back to what people know and love about you. Maybe you are an organization maven. You are just like the queen of organization. Well, maybe you're an actual project manager at heart. Maybe your God has gifted you with the gift of project management. You see a problem and you know how to get from point A to point B so quickly with all the details, boom, 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 with the schedule. Most moms, by the way, are incredible project managers. Mm -hmm. So you might be sitting there going, how do my skills as a mother translate into any sort of why or purpose? Hey, listen, maybe you literally were built to be the world's best project manager. Now you just got to figure out, well, where can I apply those skills? Is it volunteering? Is it in a company? What kind of company? Is it, you know, if you love architecture, is it at an architectural firm? See, it's more about looking back at the pattern of where your strengths pop up that will clue you into your innate purpose that God has given you, your innate why. You have to go back and actually, instead of thinking, oh, my why is going to drop down from the sky, from heaven in a prayer, and it's going to be this totally new thing I have no idea about. No, go back for a second. You have it in you. It just takes looking back and actually going, oh my gosh, that's the common thread. I never saw it that way because you take it for granted, but others do not. So go and ask, what is the thing that they don't take for granted in you? What is the thing that is your superpower? What is the thing that is your onlyness? That will show you what your purpose and your why really is. Yeah. And everybody has a superpower. So if you're thinking now that she's given that whole spiel, I still don't have a superpower. Yes, yes, you do. Do the work, think back, and you will have that light bulb moment because I even do it now. Like I'm, as I'm building this business, like I know what my skills are they're marketing, they're branding, social media, communication, you know, connection, networking. But then I think back and I'm like, oh, I'm actually good at that too. Or, and it, it helps like formulate, you know, that, that vision even more of what God wants to put in front of me and, and for me to steward. So I think you do that to start, but then you just continue to do that because as you go in and try to figure out, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think your, your statement, your value proposition, your bullet points, they can change Yes, as you progress and as you grow and you mature and life changes. And, you know, we're, we're adding another kiddo to the bunch here on my end. And so, you know, it's my life's going to change a little bit here in the next six months or so. And it's like that set of material that I have, my spiel is going to change a little bit because God's going to put me in a different direction. So don't be afraid to continue to change that, you know, find out your why, find out what your superpower is, and then continue to hone in on that because, you know, we're all learning, we're all growing and we're all maturing. Absolutely. Well put. Awesome. Well, Kate, thank you so, so much. This was so much fun for me on my end because I just get all jacked up and get my butterflies going with <laughs> talking about marketing and branding. And you have such just a wealth of knowledge. And like you said, your friends were right. You are good with words. You are just fantastic, super, super knowledgeable. So I want to give you a chance to tell the listeners where they can find you because you just have, you know, a wealth of knowledge that you just put out there and promote. And if they're interested in connecting with you and working with you. So, you know, um, this is your chance to give all those details. Absolutely. Well, if you decide that you're sitting here going, um, I need to build a brand or, Hey, this company that I've been wanting to take off the ground, maybe I need to actually get that branded and get this out to the world, whoever you may be. 
Um, if you're really curious about learning more, you can certainly take a look at my website to understand my program, which is called the Brand Exploration Program. And I work with individuals and companies alike in a workshop format. And so you can take a look at my website, which is ennoble.com. And I'll spell that for you. It's E-N-N-O-B-B-L-E.com, ennoble.com. You can also send me an email directly, kate at ennoble.com. And that comes to me specifically, and I will respond directly to your email. And finally, please feel free to find me on LinkedIn. Kate, my last name is spelled DeLeo, D-I-L-E-O. Awesome. Awesome. And I will put all that in the show notes. You don't have to look very far. Just click on the show notes and that will be at the bottom there to connect with Kate. And thank you again, Kate. Just absolutely love it. And for the listeners, send the feedback. If you want more information um, on, you know, personal branding, marketing, whatever it may be from like a professional level mixed with the faith level, let me know. This is totally my wheelhouse. So if you are feeling it, like I'm feeling it, let me know. And I'll, I'll, uh, Make sure we have some amazing guests just like Kate on, and maybe she can come on again and we can chat a little bit more, um, more in depth and give some more good little nuggets. But Kate, thank you so, so very much. Really appreciate it. Absolutely, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations to saying yes to yourself. Fill it up your cup, feed in your soul. If you want more, head over to faithinspiredpodcast.com for show notes and links to all the goodies mentioned in today's podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe to keep you faith-inspired.